Good morning again, Living Water. So, I've got a whole list of notes here, and I'm going to try to stick to them, but me and God just had a little conversation, so whatever he says for me to say is my goal to, to relate to you. So, I'm going to try to stay on, on track. I shouldn't keep you too long. There's five pages of notes, so I don't know. So the name of this message is Going Back to the Garden, and that last song that we just sang really uh, encapsulated everything about this message. The, the original message, name of this message, was Satan is an Accuser, and God laid it on my heart a while ago, but this time uh, Reggie wanted to do that, uh, was going to lead worship for Sarah Beth, and that was a song that he that God had laid on his heart, so... I started learning that, and it just totally just brought it all together. So, so that's why the name of the message is Going Back to the Garden. And uh, disclaimer here, uh, my goal in this whole message is not to give Satan any uh, props, anything at all. It is to call him out for him being a liar and, uh, and to, to expose him for what he is and to lift God to the highest. I will be referring to the enemy, Satan, a lot in this message because we are going to go back to the garden, and uh, that's what we're going to be discussing, and the bad thing about it was Satan was there in that garden, so uh, we will be discussing him, but we're only discussing him to expose him, so, and, uh, so the first question, if you guys have your little bulletins there, the very first question, and I need 100% participation. So if you don't raise your hand, you're saying no, okay? First question is, do you want to get closer to God? Raise your hand. Okay. Let's see. I'm looking too, by the way. I'm looking to make for sure. And yes, I am taking, taking notes and stuff. Okay. Okay. All right. About 99%. Second question. Are you willing to do what it takes to get closer to God? 100% participation. Let's see. Love it. Man, you are the right audience. Sweet. So, so this, like I said, this message came from a couple different places, and it, it really derived from downstairs in the basement. We do uh, life church curriculum with the kids, and... Uh, we we did this one and it was about distractions and uh and that's really where it really hit me to where distractions satan is the accuser me talking to reggie about where it all kind of came together so let's define the word distraction who in here has ever been distracted 100 percent participation great so we do know now that everybody in here wants to get closer to God, and they're willing to do what it takes, and we all get distracted. Is that, that's, that's fair, right? Okay. Distraction is a thing that prevents someone from giving full attention to something else. I am the king of distractions. Uh, just, it's just a funny story. Last night, I was at the house, and I was talking to my wife. I was like, man, I'm trying to get through all this 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 message and stuff for tomorrow so i finally got her to devote like 30 minutes 
and she's full attention to me. So I'm like, all right, I got this. So I'm going through it. And uh, so I got my phone on my side, and it rings. I immediately answer it, hang it up. Maybe five minutes later, my phone rings again. So finally, she takes my phone and removes it from me. So she removed my distraction, which I was thankful for. And then, like right, right in the middle of this, man, it's just not feeling right. What I, it just didn't make any sense what I had on here. And finally, I just got up my left. She's like, "What are you doing?" I said, "It's not right." So I disappeared for about a maybe hour and a half. You think? Hour and a half. And I came back. So just, just in that little amount of time, so many distractions came, and it just it made it impossible. And that's one thing. I was talking to Michelle in the back before we started. Anytime as when you're preparing a message and you are talking about, first of all, when you start exposing Satan for who he is, man, he ramps up. Uh, and especially when you're speaking a message about distractions, uh, he is really, really, really good. And I'm really, really, really bad at letting him distract me. Sometimes it's not even him. It's just me. I, I take credit for him. So, so I started. Now, I, I started two weeks ago on a Wednesday night. I had like five or six kids in my Wednesday night class. And I did get their permission to say their names. But I started asking them what distracts them. Iris television Hannah Persons playing with siblings my daughter Ellie wherever she is tablet and you'll never guess this one Caitlin Bright are you ready talking too much she said it she told me that I could say it so Colton said playing with his toys and Emma Bright it's not actually social media she uses her phone to write emails back and forth to people and she says that that is a distraction to her so we started out with a younger kid so I was trying to get a, a baseline of like, like from young to old and just seeing where people fall into these distractions so that was the class and then I started asking just nonchalantly asking adults uh Kids, huge distraction. Yeah. Life, that was another one I had. Uh, hobbies that we have. Now, I'm not trying to, this isn't like if you have this stuff, it doesn't mean like, oh my, this, that's not what the heart behind this is. These are things that can distract you and keep you from getting as close to God as God wants you to be to him. And not... Don't don't misquote me or anything saying I can't have my kids and stuff. That's not what I'm saying here. So, God's blessed you with those little angels. So, uh, here's one that got me. This is why I, this this was new to yesterday's uh, when I dropped down in the basement as I was sitting on the couch down there. Uh, this is me. It may not be you. It may be laziness. I let my own laziness interfere with me getting closer to God uh that's me I don't know and another one that uh God has about 1 30 last night after staying up till 12 o'clock watching a terrible football game but 
my health. I, you know, I had some issues a while ago, and that keeps me. It, it Satan just knows. He just knows just what to say to me to put fear in me. And you know, I see. You know, we sing these songs, "Fear is a liar," but man, he is so manipulative. And we're going to learn about that here in a little bit. But that's exactly. He uses those little things like when you go to the doctor and it's like, oh, I'm not for sure what's going on there. You know, me, I'm just, that's just how I am. I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm dying. That's it. I, I'm going to die. So uh, then I just random Google search. Top five common distractions. Who, what, what do you guys think the number one distraction? Social media. The number one distraction. Number two was social life. It's the, you know, the going out, the, 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 the fun stuff that we have. Uh, number three, television. Number four, surprisingly, sleeping in. And number five, really, I, I had to read it a couple times because it didn't really make a lot of sense to me, but it was called Opportunities. And... I was like, man, what in the world does that mean? So, in America, we're blessed. So, so blessed. And we're so blessed sometimes that there's so many opportunities that get in our way uh, because we just have so many of them. And that, that a lot of times can lead to distractions. Um, and there's even good things that, that we have in our lives that... Uh, that that can be distractions like uh, working. We all, you know, we got to work. We got to make money. You know, we got to pay our bills and stuff. But you know, we start working long hours, and then you know, you start dealing with the stress of all that, and that that can be distracting. That that can stop. That can be a, a pivotal point in your life to stop you with your motivation to get closer to God. Uh, school. Some of the kids, even adults, you know, we deal with with going to school. We have homework that we have to deal with, tests we have to take, studying, and then, you know, hanging out with our friends and sporting events and stuff. Uh, and this one is kind of risky, but church. Church can be a distraction. Let me explain that. Uh, and this is what I do. I'm just going to read what I put down. We can get caught up in doing church and not actually being the church. And a lot of times, man, you just come in, you do your, you do your normal, I got to do this, 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 and this. And at the end of the day, we're not getting any closer to God. It becomes a, a job. It becomes work and stuff like that. And I, myself, I got to be honest, you know, there, uh, three months ago, I took the whole, the last three months off from singing downstairs because I just got to a point where I was just getting overwhelmed and I, I was losing my focus on what God wanted me to be. And it became just repetition where I wasn't putting the thought, I wasn't giving God his, his time. And I was just doing church. I wasn't being who I needed to be. So, but one thing uh, that we did was, and that class two months ago on when we was learning about distraction was we played a game and I would love 
to play this game today right up here on this stage. So, without further ado, the kids nominated Blaine Morgan. Come on up. I need some kid volunteers. If you're a kid and you want to volunteer, holy moly, I've got plenty. You know what? Come on, let's do it. Distraction game, and most of these kids have played it already. Yeah, not me. All right. Uh, wait just a second. All right, we need. This is a funny. Uh, we need a Bible. Somebody grab me that Bible right there. Hi, Elizabeth. Are you going to help? Okay. Blaine gets the Bible. Okay, kind of give him a little bit of room. Here's how this game plays. Blaine's just go to go to John three. Okay, so what Blaine's going to do is his goal is to read the Bible, and we may or may not add some distractions to Blaine. And when we get done, we're going to see how it panned out and see if these was distractions or not. Okay. Are you good with that? You in John 3? Yeah. All right. Are you ready? I need Emma. Right. Start reading. Start acting like a pig and start snorting in front of him. <laughs> you clap your hands right beside of him. You act like a caterpillar. You just look at him and say, hi, Blaine. Hi, Blaine. Keep saying it. Don't stop. You rub his back. You get in front of him and act like an elephant with a big tusk. You dance. And you dance. Any dance that you want. Have you got any assignments yet? Come on, you guys got to get louder. I want to hear that, hear that pig snorting. Colton, you act like a deer. <laughs> louder, come on. Let's hear that Does anybody not have assignments? You, what do you want to do? Anything you want to do, you go do it. I'm running out of things, huh? Uh, you act like a rhinoceros. Can you do that? Huh? You don't want to do it? You, what do you want to do? I don't know how to act like that. A bear? Act like a bear. Anything you want to do. You don't want, do you, do you have any ideas? Huh? Okay, act like a, a gorilla. A monkey. Okay, you want to act like a monkey too? You go act like a monkey. All right, okay, everybody get a little bit louder now. All right. Three, two, one, stop. Okay. You guys can all go sit down now. Let's give them, let's give them a hand. Huh? Huh? Yeah, you too. But wait a minute, Blaine. Was that distracting? Uh, yeah, that, 
Oh, King James got him too. Another distraction. Who knew? There you go. So we did, man, that was awesome. That worked out a lot better than even in my head. Uh, so, yeah, most definitely. It's a lot easier to probably be in, the, to be in the silence and stuff and reading the word and stuff. But you know what? As parents and stuff like that, are we given those opportunities all the time? So we're going to be dealing with distractions for sure. All right. So now that I've identified a lot of the distractions, and if your exact distraction has not been identified yet, that does not mean that you don't have any. Because this is where we start learning about how Satan uses all of these to work against us. I had to read that off my notes there. So one evening, probably a month ago, Jeff was talking. Uh, it, he was in Genesis 3. And it wasn't really pertaining to what I'm talking about today, but Genesis 3.1. I think I have, yeah. That verse absolutely just yeah, jacked me up. Uh, it never, I mean, I've read it multiple times. It's just, I mean, it's just, you know, the serpent... Now, the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And, you know, you're going through, and then you learn this, you know, there's Eve in the garden. And, you know, it just, you, it always just, you just read it for what it is, and you just, but that night, it just struck me different. And the word that really got me was the word crafty. So I went through a lot of different versions, a different, different Bible versions and stuff, and the majority of them use this word right here. Uh, and it's defined as this. Clever at achieving one's aim by indirect or deceitful methods. So I started thinking about this. And I, once again, I was talking to Michelle earlier about this was the creator of the universe in that verse, Genesis 3, run, he created this serpent. And it was crafty, which was deceitful. So God created something that was deceitful. And I'm like, no, God, you don't do stuff like that. But yeah, he did. And, and if you notice the word right before crafty, it's more crafty. So God created a lot of deceitful things that was in this garden but this one just so happened to be more crafty or more deceitful than the other ones and that just really that really messed with me but as I was reading this out and, and I'm learning about this him being crafty and stuff and then I got to thinking about you know he also put a tree in the middle of this beautiful garden and was and told him not to eat of it so as, as I dug into that and started thinking about that, he has, he had to create this. Uh, because had he not created crafty animals and this tree that's in the middle, we would be like robots. We would never, uh, it had to be present as, as we move into the future that, that we don't, 
because sin is sin is going to be around us at all the time. And, and I'm trying to get get exactly how I meant to say this is is it has to be there. So we're not like robots where if, if the tree didn't exist and no craftiness was there, we would all just be doing exactly what he wanted. And we have to make a decision as humans to choose him. And without that stuff, there's we wouldn't have to because there's there's nothing there. There's no nothing stopping us. Does that make sense? OK, OK. So here's some basic truths about what what's going on right now in this garden. Number one, God created this beautiful garden. Number two, there's two humans that's living in it. There's a huge tree in the middle of it that they're not allowed to eat of. There's a walking snake. Not only is it walking, it is also talking or getting ready to talk. And to top it all off, it just happens to be the craftiest animal that God has made. And uh, if you read in Genesis chapter two, I'm not for sure exactly the time frame. And I, you know, I didn't do a, a big deep study, but there's a time frame from when God created Adam and Eve to where this, this story starts taking place. Somewhere in that time, Satan had lived in the heavens and got cast down. I don't know when and where that took place or the time frame exactly how it happened, but in the beginning of them, when they was in his garden, Satan wasn't there yet. He came later, so I'm not for sure exactly on the timeline, but uh, try to stay up with my notes here. And I believe that Satan, once he came into that garden, I believe, now this is my own personal opinion, so you don't have to listen to this, but I believe that with Satan being how crafty he is, the tree sitting in the middle of the garden, I believe that Satan, as Adam and Eve wandered around the garden, I think he would watch and see when they would walk by that tree. Because if you notice, this story takes place at the tree and it's not just by coincidence satan knows our playbook he knows exactly our he knows us so well and that's what i tell the kids almost every week downstairs is you got to be careful because he is that crafty and he does know he knows what we love he knows what we hate and he knows those little itty bitty things. And, and he's that crafty where he will use anything and everything in his power. And his only goal is to just keep us from getting any closer to God. That, that's, his, that's his goal. He does not want us to get any closer to God and get us, just keep us pushing away from God. Because, you know, Satan knows this Bible really well. He knows it word for word. And he knows he's been defeated. But since he knows that, he knows he's only got one thing that he can do, and it's to be crafty in any form or any way that he can be and get us and remove us from the love that God has for us. And this is a little thing that, that when I was preparing this, this is a little thing that I wrote. I said, if we study God's word the way Satan studies our character, we would have more weapons when it came time to battle. 
and that that's me. I I need to spend more time reading God's word. Because honestly, it's in those times where we do learn how to go up against battles against Satan. When we see when we see his little crafty ways that he's coming at us, we're we're quicker to say, "Ah, oh, no, 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 no. Not today, Satan. I know that that's you. I know that you that's you putting that in my head. I am a child of God, and I'm not going to let you defeat me. So, and here's another one. The serpent wasn't the sin. It was the distraction that Satan used. The touching and eating of the fruit of the tree was the sin. See, the snake kind of got a bad rap in this whole situation. The snake was God's creation, the serpent. God created that snake. It's Satan using any anything that he can use to distract us. That is what he's about. And then, yeah, because uh, Genesis 3, 3 says, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. That is where the sin was. The snake was not the sin. And we also got to remember that Satan will never, ever, ever give up. His goal until the end of time is to nonstop be reading our playbook to know exactly our next move to constantly keep us away from God. And none of us is exempt from Satan trying to stop us. Uh, Luke 4.13 is, is Jesus. And when the devil had finished, so this is in, when the devil's been tempting Jesus for 40 days and 40 nights. And right at the end of it, it says this. When the devil had finished all his tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Man, he's just waiting and he's prowling and he's just waiting, waiting, waiting. And he uses anything and everything in his power to do it. And now that we've identified that Satan is a distractor and he is crafty and he's willing to use anything in his power to keep you from getting closer to God, just like in a story he used a serpent, we have to start identifying our serpents. We have to start identifying our distractions. And if we don't, it's going to hinder us from getting closer to God. What has Satan found in your playbook that he uses? And once you define it, once you figure out it, what it is, the next step is what are you going to do about it? That was those first two questions. And unfortunately, sometimes your distraction has to be exposed. So if you're like me a lot of times where you just keep pushing it away and think, now that's not really a distraction. Sometimes something may happen in our life where that distraction has to be exposed, just like Adam and Eve in that garden. Uh, in Genesis 3, 7, it says, Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. So here we see that sin gets exposed. And the interesting thing here is they, they use fig leaves to try to cover up something that they, they, that they had messed up that God told them not to. So God lays it out, if you keep reading there, and he just lays it out with the repercussion of what just took place in that story. 
But this is the, the, the beauty that I found in this story about distractions and everything. And it comes in Genesis 3.21. I don't know if I have that one or not. Okay, if I don't, okay. It says, the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. This is where the rubber hits the road with the God that we serve. They messed up. They were distracted. Satan is mean. He's evil. They were as exposed. Their sin was exposed. They tried to own it. They tried to fix it with their own fig leaves. But right here is where the fig leaves was not enough. Our own forgiveness isn't enough. We can't do something and just say, oh, I, well, I just I forgive myself. We have to ask the creator of the universe for that forgiveness. And that's the forgiveness that we need. Just like in Genesis 3.21, God clothed them. And as you think about that, that's the first sacrifice that really took place. Because he clothed them with animal skin. So that means that something had to die. There was a sacrifice that was made. And this to me is the first story of forgiveness in the Bible. This is a picture of Jesus Christ. This shows that what we do can never measure up to what God can do for us. He knew the fig leaves were not going to be enough. We must trust God and know that he will clothe us even when we make mistakes. This is a picture of sacrifice this is where the animals were sacrificed to make the garments for Adam and Eve. This is the God we serve, and he loves us that much. So I ask everybody two questions in the beginning. The first question was, do you want to get closer to God? We've uncovered that distractions keep us from getting closer to God. Our goal is to answer that question, yes, because God only wants us to get closer to him. But we, as human beings, we have to be willing to do what it takes. No matter what it takes, we have to expose our distractions for what they are, and we have to, we have to move away from those distractions that's, get, that's keeping us from getting close to God. And then, I didn't really know how to close this message out, so that song, if you don't mind, Katie, that uh, the very last song we did, Communion, I'm just going to read this song out. And me and Michelle in the back was talking, you know, it has to be our goal as Christians. That garden was the perfect place that God created. There was nothing but perfection in that garden. And we have to make it a goal, a priority to seek to get back to that place. And in this song, it, I mean, it lays it out. So if we go back to verse one of that song, Katie, it says, take me back to the garden. Lead me back to the moment I heard your voice. Take me back to communion. Lead me back to the moment that I saw your face. It was all so simple. It was easy to love. There was no space between us. It was easy to trust. And then this is a garden. 
here in a place that I find you close. This is communion, here in a place I'm fully known. And then that bridge says, this is where I'm meant to be, me and you and you and me. I don't have to prove a thing. You've already approved of me. This is the place that God has. This is the place that God has for everybody in here, this garden. But we have, we have to make a decision in our lives of are you willing to do what it takes to get closer to God? Let us pray. Father God, thank you so much for your son. Father, I thank you for what you do for us. Father, I thank you for this story. Father, I thank you so much that you was willing to sacrifice those animals and put your covering over them. Because God, it is a picture of what you're willing to do for us. So God, I just ask if there's anybody in this room right now that would, that would be willing to be brave enough to say, you know what? I don't even have a relationship with God. And today, I want to start this new year, this year 2020. This is the year that I want to make my life I want to get closer to you, God. I want you to be the king of my life, to rule over my life. I want to live for you, God. If that's somebody that's in this room right now, just raise your hand. Thank you. Father God, thank you so much. Thank you, God. God, thank you so much for orchestrating everything that you do, planning out everything, moving my heart, moving the hearts of your people. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for everything that you give us. God, I lift up people that raise their hand, Father. God, we love you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you. God, I just thank you. Is there anybody else? that would be willing to lift their hand up right now and say that they want to take today, they want to start 2020 off, thank you so much, they want to start 2020 off as the year that they are going to get closer to God and make God the king of their life. Thank you so much, Father, thank you, thank you, thank you. Father, thank you so much for this day. God, we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.